The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Before we talk about Shane McGowan, let's hear him and let's hear just some of what for many people is their favourite Pogues track, Fairy Tale of New York. Christy McCall as well, the late Shane McGowan and what I think D-Ready it's fair to say has been a staple of the airwaves every Christmas since it was released but will be particularly so this year. Absolutely, I mean it's... It's one song, um, Matt, that surprisingly has never gone to number one and I do wonder if this year will be the year that it does. Um, Ironically enough, he was in fact a Christmas baby. He he died last night at 3.30am at the age of 65, but he was born on Christmas Day. And, you know, I was reading um, just today about his own mother passed away on New Year's Day in a car accident. And that song to me is just the perfect encapsulation of the light and the shade that you can sometimes associate with that time of year and for that family it it, it, it must there was a lovely insane. story as well about apparently he was almost a celebrity baby yes. as he was born that even the mayor of London came to visit newspaper photographers and whatever because of him being born on Christmas Day yeah and ironically he wrote that song I think because some people challenged him that he couldn't write a Christmas hit and my god did he prove them wrong Indeed. John Cadell, um, there are many people saying that more than anything else, he won't be remembered necessarily at most for being a singer and performer, but as a writer, mm. that that his incredible skill was as a writer. Yeah, and he wrote uh, most of the lyrics for the entirety of the Pogues uh, recording career. And yeah, I suppose he was more of a poet than he was a classically trained singer. I mean, Shane certainly had a unique voice but really it was the power of his words that sort of drew, certainly drew me to the Pogues music because, you know, on first listen, some of the Pogues tracks would be what you might consider traditional Irish. 
but the lyrics always sort of had a sting to them or either a sting to some of them or a beauty to them that sort of raised them above anything that you might consider a Kamalia because the Pogues did, did trade originally in traditional Irish music. Yeah, but hang on, didn't they essentially modernise it, bring it kicking and screaming into the late 20th century, particularly by the infusion of punk? And well, that's... He was like a post-punk poet, if you want. Like, that was such a huge element to what they did. And he was hugely influenced, I think, by The Clash. He first saw mm-hmm. them in 1976 in London. And, like, what was really happening, I suppose, in the English music scene at that time was that melding of different cultures and different immigrant cultures mixing with the the music and the rock and roll scene that was happening there. Mm. I mean, he he's one of ours, but mm. he was born in Kent. His parents were Irish, but while he may have had have carried an English passport, and I don't know if he did, he would have been entitled to one. He certainly, like, his heart was Irish. But I think a lot of that was down to the times he spent in his mother's farm yeah, back in Tipperary. And that is, and was very formative, the the fun, the crack that was had there, yeah. the particularly the sessions that they would play, this where he was introduced to drink as well, mm. perhaps prematurely. And also a big belief in God. His religion was a major part of his life, which is something I might ask Marion about later. Yeah, no, he was. He was very, I mean, obviously, you can't write lyrics like that if you're not spiritual to begin with. And yes, he had he had a, a, a big faith. Um, he was a God-fearing man. You know, he, he, he may have been a hellraiser, but he certainly knew his place in the grand scheme of things. Let's hear a little bit more because there's a listener, Pat, who says growing up in rural Ireland in the 1980s he made me, he made Irish music really cool. I really feel this and I'm not really that into music but these are beautiful songs. Mm. And we just take maybe the Irish Rover with the Dubliners as the next example of how he managed to sort of jump the generations or to bring the previous generation into his. Mm. For a sailor it's always a bother in life It's so lonesome by night Charming young whore who will melt all his troubles away. All the noise and the rout, swollen, pudgy, and stout. For him, soon is done and over. Of the love of a maid, he is never afraid. But our song from the Irish Rover. We have sailed seven years when the vessels broke out and the ship lost its way in the fog. And that whale of a crew was just held the tail, just myself and the captain's old dog. And the ships of the rock, oh Lord, what a shock. The boat it was turned right over. Turned nine times around, and the poor old dog was drowned. Ronnie Drew of the Dubliners singing with Shane there. Yeah, sorry, John, you go ahead. It's just uh, what reminded me when that was playing there, Matty, and D, you mentioned about uh, bringing trad music into the 21st century when Barney from the Dubliners died. It was about, it must have been about nine or ten years ago and I was working on an alternative rock station and, of course, you know, like the Dubliners are a a key point of reference in Dublin and we were like, okay, well, we want to pay tribute to to Barney, but we can't really play the Dubliners on this alternative rock station. We can play the Pogues on the Dubliners Brilliant. because the Pogues would have fitted because they are 21st century sort of punk trad, as you say, Dee. Yeah. So, you know, the, that was the thing about the Pogues. They were they were cool. They were sort of, you know, they, they were trad, but they were a different... They, they brought more musical element, elements to it. So we, we could get away with that, we figured. 
Yeah, and I think there's something about the the emigrant experience. You know, we we like in a weird way, like musically speaking, it, he's like that cool uncle that moved to to London or to the states and then brought back, you know, the the rich tradition of, of music and our Ireland and writing and poetry, but brought it back through a different lens. Mm. I don't know if I'm correct in my recollection, but I think they played that on top of the pops. I'm sure they did. I'm pretty sure. I remember they certainly did it on the Late Late Show. But um, they did, I think that it was a big hit. It was actually a big hit. It was a top 40 hit in the UK. And I'm, I'm and sure, wasn't it a BBC DJ that actually, because they were originally called Pogue Mahone. Mm. And it was, and the Beep obviously had an issue with that. Um, and it was actually, what was his name? Um, oh, Kid Jensen. He he abbreviated it to the Pogues and that that was that was stuck. allowed. A listener says Sinead O'Connor used to say he was one of the only singers who always sang in tune. Well, <laughs> let's just hear Sinead O'Connor singing with Shane McGowan. And mm-hmm. uh, this is from nineteen ninety five. This is haunted. That's Shane McGowan and Sinead O'Connor from 1985. We need to take a break. We'll come back and talk more about uh, the life and career of the late Shane McGowan with D. Reddy and John Cadell after we've had the traffic with Mark Hogan. If you missed the news, Shane McGowan of the Pogues died this morning. Uh, we're paying tribute to him. We will have a special with his very good friend, our own Marion McKeown, after five o'clock. But before we talk more to D. Reddy and John Cadell, we had so many choices to make as to what music we would play from him but I think the both Dee and John are very glad that we've picked Rainy Night in Soho I'm not singing for the future I'm not dreaming of the past I'm not talking after the first time says that song was used for our first dance at our wedding. Ah. Why in particular, Dee, were you glad we decided to use that, fo- that particular song? 
to me, it's it's possibly Shane McGowan's best piece of work. Um, I just that that last lyric that you played there, "The Measure of My Dreams." Um, I know his wife Victoria actually included it in her statement about his death. I just think it's one of the most romantic uh, lines of lyrics that's ever been written. Um, and I think it speaks to the Pogues' music when they were still in collaboration with Elvis Costello, or as I should call him for the purposes of this. Declan Patrick McManus um, and is just it's it's the high point um, of of their career to me I think it's the best song I agree I think it's pound for pound their absolute best song and even the title like the the mm. imagery that even the title conjures up a rainy night in Soho yeah it's an incredible piece of work Okay, some very interesting comments coming from listeners. Late Late Show with Gay Byrne did the Dubliners and Pogues special in 1987. Yeah, My dad still has the show recorded on VHS. Yeah. Says that. Don't and tape said, over that, you'll be killed. Mine said, are those really his teeth? Oh. <laughs> Another one, it's times like this that I'm appreciative of the Late Late Show, the 2019 special mm. celebrating Shane's life when he was still alive. Far too often we have to wait until someone's passing before celebrating their life. One thing Ryan got right was those special editions. Talking of the Late Late Show, I want to go to an interview on the Late Late Show from 2000 when Pat Kenny was the presenter because one thing I think we can't overlook is that Shane McGowan's life was very much influenced by his addictions mm. and it wasn't just alcohol at one period in his life as well it was heroin and he was asked about his addictions and whether he had any regrets because of that I would never advocate and I would never say to anybody to, to have, live their life the way that I've lived mine yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, but then I think that everybody should live their life the way they want to but they should be informed properly. But, I mean, after a certain age, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, there's no point of any regrets. I mean, yes, I feel very lucky, yeah. I feel very lucky. I can, I mean, when I, I mean, like, three quarters of the world are starving to death. You know, like, you know, like the idea of a, of a, of a, of a decent... Not a, not a decent meal, but it's a bowl of rice. Like it's, it's something they dream about, you know. And also from the Late Late Show, this is Shane's father, Morris, who is still alive, uh, defending his son after it was reported that he had been cautioned by police for using heroin. And there's a lot of Pat Kenny in this as well. I never comment on uh, Shane's private life. Right. There's so much more to comment upon. <laughs> sure. His magnificent genius that I've had the privilege to have custody over during the formative years. You know. I mean, it gets a bit of it from you. You were a writer, and Teresa was big into the music, so yeah. we can see the, the, the two sides of, of both of you coming together in shame. I think it comes from up there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but and maybe I, to keep in with the fellow. Can, can, I ask you without, <laughs> can I ask you without it prying on any private matters, though, just as parents, do you worry about them all the time? What parent doesn't worry about the children? Hmm? I mean, he says that his drinking... You're, you're a parent, you must know. Sure. I mean, but I'm just wondering, he says his drinking in Ireland is regarded as a sissy drinking now. Yeah, but I mean, half the whole bloody country drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Alcohol is the most dangerous drug in the world. Everybody knows that. I mean, publicans are basically licensed drug dealers selling a very dangerous product, and they don't use it responsibly, normally. But still, I... 
I think you'd probably prefer if he wasn't in such I'd prefer that everybody were off all drugs, including myself, you know, and mm. I include alcohol in that. Mm. I, I've never touched any of this other stuff. Mm. Yeah. By the way, can I ask you, were you a hellraiser in your time? Never, no. no. I just had a good time, like Shane. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what I love about that is the obvious pride mm. in his son mm-hmm. yeah, and that he was delighted with everything he had done and even if he worried about him because of the addictions he was still proud of the child that he had uh, and and rightly so you know I mean I think people can very often be quite quick to judge somebody who has addiction issues it's certainly something that society's gotten Irish society's gotten better at in recent years but like Shane was obviously somebody who felt the world around him very very deeply and for whatever reason he he found ways to to numb it you know like it was you know, it, it, it like it, it seems to have been something he needed to operate within the world. Well, I think and, he also and, and, just enjoyed it too. Yeah, absolutely. But like his parents, it's not like they were just turning a blind eye. Like they helped him get professional help when he was 18, you know, and they, they asked him directly, did he feel that he needed it? And he said yes. But it, it's it's something that had been part of his life for a very long time like he'd gotten a scholarship to an incredibly prestigious school in Westminster and had gotten kicked out for drug use so you know would he have been the same person without it as well or written the same stuff the thing is the greatest artists are also the most complicated you Mm. know he yeah he absolutely had his demons but you know what he managed to do was transcend any anything that was going on in his head and anything that he was putting his body through and just time and time again continue to make great art Well let's get one more piece of music before we end this section with you John Cadell and D. Reddy and Marion McCone who was one of his closest friends is going to be with us after 5 o'clock to talk about her great friend and I have various choices of music but I'm actually going to go for one but I'm going to do that with Christy Moore because Christy Moore is another one of the great Irish musicians of the 20th and 21st centuries so let's actually hear a bit of them doing Spansel Hill Live I paid a flying visit to me first and only love. She is fair as Annie Lily and gentle as a dove. She threw her arms around me, said Johnny, I love you still. Oh, she's not the ranger's daughter. The friend of Spansel Hill The as in the days of yore She said, Johnny, you're only joking As many's the time before The cock grew in the morning He crowed off loud and shrill and I awoke in California many miles. Ah, uh, from Spansel Hill. That's Shane McGowan, the late Shane McGowan and Christy Moore. And we will be talking to Marion after five o'clock, but there's something else on today, FM. Yeah, Ed Smith tonight from 10 till around half 10. And we'll be playing uh, some of Shane's greatest tracks just as a doff of the cap. Uh, to the great man. And can I just say one more thing, Matt? Um, like Chris, um, 
Kirsty McCall died near Christmas time and it's also always nice to remember at this time of year but now we can remember Shane as well he'll always be a part of Christmas and this time of year will be synonymous and I'm, I'm just glad that people will be thinking about him and Kirsty McCall this time of year John Cadalty ready thank you The Last Word with Matt Cooper weekdays from 4.30 Today and-